Chapter One of the Life and Adventures of Peter Wilkins, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. The Life and Adventures of Peter Wilkins by Robert Paltuk. Chapter One. I was born at Penhale, in the county of Cornwall, on the 21st day of December, 1685, about four months after my father, Peter Wilkins, who was a zealous Protestant of the Church of England, had been executed by Jeffreys, in Somersetshire, for joining in the design of raising the Duke of Monmouth to the British throne. I was named, after my father and grandfather, Peter, and was my father's only child by Alice, his wife the daughter of john capert a clergyman in a neighbouring village my grandfather was a shopkeeper at newport who by great frugality and extraordinary application had raised a fortune of about a hundred sixty pounds a year in lands and a considerable sum of ready money all which at his death devolved upon my father as his only child who being no less parsimonious than my grandfather and living upon his own estate had much improved it in value before his marriage with my mother but he coming to that unhappy end my mother after my birth placed all her affection upon me her growing hope as she called me and used every method in my minority of increasing the store for my benefit in this manner she went on till i grew too big as i thought for confinement at the apron string being then about fourteen years of age and having met with so much indulgence from her, for that reason found very little or no contradiction from anybody else. So I looked on myself as a person of some consequence, and began to take all opportunities of enjoying the company of my neighbors, who hinted frequently that the restraint I was under was too great a curb upon an inclination like mine of seeing the world. But my mother, still impatient of any little absence, by excessive fondness and encouraging every inclination i seemed to have when she could be a partaker with me kept me within bounds of restraint till i arrived at my sixteenth year about this time i got acquainted with a country gentleman of a small paternal estate which had been never the better for being in his hands and had some uneasy demands upon it he soon grew very fond of me hoping as i had reason afterwards to believe by a union with my mother, to set himself free from his entanglements. She was then about thirty-five years old, and still continued my father's widow, out of particular regard to me, as I have all the reason in the world to believe. She was really a beautiful woman, and of a sanguine complexion, but had always carried herself with so much reserve, and given so little encouragement to any of the other sex, that she had passed her widowhood with very few solicitations to alter her way of life this gentleman observing my mother's conduct in order to ingratiate himself with her had shown numberless instances of regard for me and as he told my mother had observed many things in my discourse actions and turn of mind that presaged wonderful expectations from me if my genius was but properly cultivated this discourse from a man of very good parts and esteemed by everybody an accomplished gentleman by degrees wrought upon my mother and more and more inflamed her with a desire of adding what lustre she could to my applauded abilities 
and influenced her so far as to ask his advice in what manner most properly to proceed with me my gentleman then had his desire for he feared not the widow could he but properly dispose of her charge so having desired a little time to consider of a matter of such importance he soon after told her he thought the most useful method of establishing me would be at an academy kept by a very worthy and judicious gentleman about thirty or more miles from us in somersetshire where if i could but be admitted the master taking in but a stated number of students at a time he did not in the least doubt but i should fully answer the character he had given her of me and outshine most of my contemporaries my mother over anxious for my good seeming to listen to this proposal my friend as i call him proposed taking a journey himself to the academy to see if any place was vacant for my reception and learn the terms of my admission and in three days time returned with an engaging account of the place the master the regularity of the scholars of an apartment secured for my reception and in short whatever else might captivate my mother's opinion in favor of his scheme and indeed though he acted principally from another motive as was plain afterwards i cannot help thinking he believed it to be the best way of disposing of a lad sixteen years old born to a pretty fortune and who at that age could but just read a chapter in the testament for he had before beat my mother quite out of her inclination to a grammar school in the neighborhood from a contempt he said it would bring upon me from lads much my juniors in years by being placed in the first rudiments of learning with them well the whole concern of my mother's little family was now employed in fitting me out for my expedition and as my friend had been so instrumental in bringing it about he never missed a day inquiring how preparations went on and during the process by humoring me ingratiated himself more and more with my mother but without seeming in the least to aim at it in short the hour of my departure arrived and though i had never been master of above a sixpence at one time unless at a fair or so for immediate spending my mother thinking to make my heart easy at our separation which had it appeared otherwise would have broke hers and spoiled all gave me a double pistole in gold and a little silver in my pocket to prevent my changing it thus i the coach waiting for us at the door having been preached into a good liking of the scheme by my friend who now insisted upon making one of our company to introduce us mounted the carriage with more alacrity than could be expected for one who had never before been beyond the smoke of his mother's chimney but the thoughts i had conceived from my friend's discourse of liberty in the academic way and the weight of so much money in my pocket as i then imagined would scarce ever be exhausted were prevailing cordials to keep my spirits on the wing we lay at an inn that night near the master's house and the next day i was initiated and at parting with me my friend presented me with a guinea when i found myself thus rich i must say i heartily wished they were all fairly at home again that i might have time to count my cash and dispose of such part of it as i had already appropriated to several uses then in embryo the next morning left me master of my wishes for my mother came and took her last though she little thought of it leave of me and smothering me with her caresses and prayers for my well-doing in the height of her ardour put into my hand another guinea 
promising to see me again quickly, and desiring me in the meantime to be a very good husband, which I have since taken to be a sort of prophetic speech, she bid me farewell. I shall not trouble you with the reception I met from my master or his scholars, or tell you how soon I made friends of all my companions by some trifling largesses which my stock enabled me to bestow as occasion required. But I must inform you that after sixteen years of idleness at home, I had but little heart to my nouns and pronouns which now began to be crammed upon me, and being the eldest lad in the house, I sometimes regretted the loss of the time past, and at other times despaired of ever making a scholar at my years, and was ashamed to stand like a great lubber, declining of Hecmoulier, a woman, whilst my schoolfellows and juniors by five years were engaged in the love-stories of Ovid or the luscious songs of Horace. I own these thoughts almost overcame me, and threw me into a deep melancholy of which I soon after, by letter, informed my mother, who, by the advice, as I suppose, of my friend, by this time her suitor, sent me word to mind my studies, and I should want for nothing. End of chapter 1 Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.